At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school. Now, the first question I'm going to ask you, we're going to jump straight into it. Why do you think 2019 is going to be a great year for stocks? What's, ex- what's exciting about this year for investors is 2019 is a number nine. And years that end in nine have a tendency to go up. I know this sounds crazy, but if you do your research, and I, and I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure I got this right, um, the ninth year of every decade is generally an up year. Uh, and if you minus out, really, there's only been three really major negative years, which were 1929, you guessed it, yeah. 1939, <laughs> and 1969. And people often say, what's really interesting is 29 and 69 were post-election years. And often, a post, post-election post years are traditionally a down year. Uh, but the the pretty much besides that every year ending in a nine has been up pretty cool but there's more you're now tuned in to the investor show where we teach simple wealth creation for the common investors with investment advisor award-winning author international speaker and founder of royal financial investment group prince dykes Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, welcome back to the Prince of Investment live all the way, well, Denver, Colorado, via Honolulu, Hawaii. But as always, don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, comment, and share button. And always, um, if you're listening to this, catching the playback on YouTube, the podcast, give it a thumbs up, follow the description box to stay in contact with the show. And thank you guys for all the great support, and we're still here. But as always, I don't have a lot of time, and I definitely know you guys and girls don't have a lot of time, so we're going to jump straight into it. So the first thing we're going to get into, as you can see in the description box, we got a very special episode with a, a very familiar face with Uncle James, I like to call him. He's calling in all the way live from New York. He'll be on well, New Jersey, uh, per se. But as you can see in the description box, today's show is going to be about um, 2019. I won't say 1999, <laughs> but 2019 is going to be a great year for stocks. Now, that's a very bold prediction being here that we're in March and saying that we're going to be in a very, uh, a very bullish market. But without further ado, let's get to it. Let me introduce my guest, Mr. James Fulton. How are you doing today, sir? How are you today, friends? I'm doing outstanding. Now, the first question I'm going to ask you, we're going to jump straight into it. Why do you think 2019 is going to be a great year for stocks, knowing that we've been in the longest running bull that we've ever had? Well, the, the, 
I, I that longest running bull is kind of. Um, I, I think we went from a Super Bowl market to kind of like a bull that kind of limped along. I would say it was more a, a, a gradually, you know, climbing market, very slow, sort of a slow moving upward drift in the market. Um, I, I still have trouble calling it a bull market. But what's ex what's exciting about this year for our investors is 2019 is a number nine and years that end in nine have a tendency to go up. I know this sounds crazy, but if you do your research, and I, and I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure I got this right, um, the ninth year of every decade is generally an up year. Uh, and if you minus out, really, there's only been three really major negative years, which were 1929, you guessed it, yeah. 1939, <laughs> and 1969. And people often say, what's really interesting is 29 and 69 were post-election years. And often a post post election years are traditionally a down year, uh, but the the pretty much besides that every year ending in a nine has been up. Pretty cool, but there's more. Uh, if you look at what's dominated the stock market in probably the last I would say seventy odd years is the presidential election cycle, and the third year of every presidency is generally the best year for the stock market. Also, if you put that into, uh, if you take a look even closer, the, the pre-election year is also a, a traditionally real, a great year for the stock market. Um, in fact, uh, uh, actually, if you go even earlier in the year and you look at the January barometer, which would say if, if the market's up in January, the market's going to be up for the whole year. If you go all the way back to 1950, that barometer has a batting average of over 75%. So um, I think we're setting up for a really good year. Well, um, well, I, James, I want to, to cut you off there for a second. Can you explain to the listeners, what is the January barometer? Well, January barometer is one of these really old things. Like this is, people have watched this probably since, probably for 200 years. And this is a lot of what we now all call metadata, where, where people use these big computers. But prior to the computer age, there were actually people sat around and kept kept records and said, wow, the market's up in January. The market, then the market's up for the year. The market's up in January. The market's up for the year. They actually, they did this just by statistical analysis, like the old fashioned way. Um, so if you go like, what's really interesting is if you do the reverse, every down January since 1950 has led to a bear market or flat market, every single one. But then on the other side, every up market, 75% of the time they've been, the, every up, Jan which basically means the market is higher at the end of January than it was at the beginning of January. There's also, if, if you really want to be, uh, really dig even deeper right to the beginning, there's another indicator called the first five days. And what it says is that if the market is up the first five days, you have an 83.7% chance that the market will be up for the whole year. So what I'm telling a lot of your listeners is, don't bother like watching the stock market every day. Turn CNBC off. Just check the first five days of the year. You know, buy your stocks. Look at the first five days of the year, and then you know, go to sleep and wake up at the end of the year, and then you're fine. Yeah. Now, I will say this. I will say this. Going back to 2015, when President now President Trump won the election in November of 2015, and right. the market took you know uh, that election night, you know the market. Did a lot of sliding in um, post yes. after hours or pre market. And everybody thought, hey, well, here's that bad market that's going to come out. 
We've been in a bear. We've been in a bull market. The market's been up in, uh, ever since 2009, and now it's finally cooling off. But James came on the show, and he said, hey, I think that you need to buy, go aggressive. We're really about to take off. We're really about to take the lid off. I said, James, you know, we've been in the bull market this long. You know, the market's operating these cycles. What make you say that? And from 2015 to now, the Dow Jones is up without including dividends. And my calculations are uh, not off. 45 percent. Right. It was 17,000. Yeah. when I think President Trump took over. And now it's yeah. up to 25 percent. Then another mm-hmm. thing you said, you were like, hey, you recommend, hey, I get into some finances. Um, companies like Bank of America. Bank of America has done pretty well over the last couple of years. This is what makes even buying it now. <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly, even right? Buffett is buying Bank of He's a he big, listened to me, uh, watched the show, and he, he took our advice. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the crazy part. That is the funny part, is that uh, now, you know, even though you got this, this superstitious way, using the January barometer, nine-year post-election, pre-election, right. the third year of election, it makes me say, hmm, is James really up to something? It, 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 does he know something that we don't know? Does he have a lucky rabbit in his uh, in his um, shoe, a sock, or whatever? Now, my thing is, okay, you're saying the market's going to be up, a up market. How can I take advantage? Or what would, how would you recommend me to take advantage? Well, there's, there's, there's even more, because it's funny you bring that up. 2015 was one of the was was the first down pre-election year since 1939. So that's pretty that's pretty amazing when you think about it. And it was a lot of crazy stuff. And I I think you want to emphasize to your listeners because people seem to forget. They said if Trump got elected, the market would crash, not it would go down, that the market would crash. And people said that over and over again for close to three months. And uh Obviously, that didn't happen, and that was that was a. I'm also a bit of a contrarian, so that's another reason I don't I don't really buy that. Now, as for taking advantage of the market, um, we've kind of talked about this before. I'm like a big believer for for uh, it, people, uh, sort of amateurs or people who have jobs and have lives to live. I think that you should just get in. You buy those index funds or or however you like to get in, and just ride it. And don't pay attention to the ups and downs. Don't listen to the guys on TV. Just, just regularly, just do that. Just keep averaging in. Just keep buying every month in your four hundred one k plan, and your your time horizon. If it's longer, you really don't have that much to worry about. Um, if it's shorter, then I would be a little, you know, then you have to look at different issues. Because if you're telling me you got to buy a house in three months, I would be a lot more careful. Because as you can see, how vo- even though I think the market is going to go up, March is certainly a volatile year. January was quite volatile, and the end of last year was pretty crazy. So we actually. Last year was actually a down year, so you know it's it, even though it recovered a lot at the end of the year, it was pretty. It was a pretty wild run last year. Um, so I, now, I always I, think. I want to ask you a question, right? Like you just said, um, when you're saying averaging in, now it's these things out there called leverage ETFs. So now you can get the regular index funds that are matched to the index funds can match or uh, ETF can match the S and P 500. You have these bullish leverage ETFs that gives you like right. two times. Two times the market return. Is that something you'd be interested in? Well, it, for somebody like me who would use, like, generally at this point in the game, the money that I fool around with in the stock market, so to speak, um, it, it is really risk capital. So, so there's a portion of my money that, like, you, you basically, I could lose the whole thing. And that's what it's used for. I would say that leverage works really great on the upside, but on the downside, you get creamed. 
And I think for a lot of people, um, it's easy for me to us to say that on, on TV and talk about it. And a lot of people go, yeah, 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 it's no problem. The market's going up. The first time you have one of those thousand point drop days, you're going to see how ugly it gets when you have those leveraged uh, those leverage ETFs or, you know, I just, I just think you have to know what you're getting yourself into. And it, it's not like it's double the risk. It's, it's, it's geometrically more risky when you introduce leverage into anything. And I mean, we can go back to whether it's 1998 or earlier, you know, 2008, all those crises, what were they about? Leverage, right? Over leverage. And I know, I know that's like a big jump from buying your leveraged ETF, but uh, the leverage really works against you on the downside. So I would, I unless you're really, uh, you know, it, uh, a high risk investor, which most non professional investors are not, regardless of what mm -hmm. you think. Um, I've found I found for many years when I was dealing with in individual investors that people loved risk when the market went up, but as soon as it went down, they suddenly were very risk adverse and. <laughs> You know, risk is like, a, you know, it's a stick. When you pick it up, you pick up both ends. So mm. you, you, you really have to, you know, like when you go into investing, I always tell people the first thing that question should pop into your head is go, what could possibly go wrong with this? And the ugly reality is, is probably your worst case scenario is eventually going to happen. So you, 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 need, you need to invest in a, in a way for yourself that that worst case scenario is not going to make you crazy. And I just, now, I just what about yeah. what about a leverage if you kept it for a long period of time? You know, let's say if you say, hey, I got a 10, 20 year horizon. Right. You I, know, if, it, if I do have one of those down days, I can just invest through it. Or would you just say, hey, leave it I, I think if you're if you're really looking at the really long run, um, mm -hmm. again, it could be really it could work really well for you. The only the only issue that comes up is at least this has happened for me. I've had stocks that perform fantastically. Then I decide that next week I'm going to sell this stock and take my gains. And I, I probably say it too loud and the stock immediately sells off like 20 points. And then you're just like, oh, well, maybe it's going to be the week after <laughs> or, or the week after that, right? Like, I, I just, those time things get you in trouble. And, and it, 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 I, I, I've just learned from a lot of bad experiences with people is when, when it gets ugly, like, you know, it goes up the stairs, but it goes down like you're like a waterfall, like you're just jumping off a cliff. So mm -hmm. to go up a thousand points might take a month, but if it, on a really great market, but to go down a thousand points in a bad market could take a couple of days. The velocity on the downside is, is enormously larger. And it, it, it throws a lot of people. And if you have that leverage, you're going you're gonna to echo that downside velocity like dramatically. I just, I just think like even in a bullish environment, I think people should like, you know, they, they used to say stick to your knitting. Just do like the, just do, do it the easy way. Pick your, your spider or your index fund, put the money in every month or, or maybe even some sector funds. Like maybe you really do like financial services. Pick, mm -hmm. pick sectors that you know something about. Like that Peter Lynch idea. If you know a little bit, if you're in, if you're in the steel business, maybe you can pick some as, as like a steel sector because you just know how it works. Or, or maybe if you're interested in, you know, in certain in certain industries, and you have like a like they're sort of like hobby. You're like a hobby enthusiast of, who knows, uh, you know, hybrid cars or hybrid electronic or or some kind of thing. Then, if it's something you're really interested in, that might be a sector you want to play with. But, you know, in the long run, those sectors are going to have a lot of ups and downs. And it's, 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 it becomes, um, 
I, I just always find that that people are always this rah rah. I you know what it is? I just finished reading the book, The Madness of Crowds, uh, mm -hmm. popular delusions from the madness of crowds, and it's well, it's not really an investment book. It's just about mm -hmm. crowd psychology. And if you read that book about catastrophes like the tulip bulb craze or some of these other things that happened in the 18th and 19th century, and then you look at some of the things that have happened more recently, like the 87 crash or in 2008 was the, the long-term capital melt. Uh, no, eight, 1998 was a long-term capital meltdown. Um, 2008 was, you know, the huge, probably the largest financial crisis that most of us are ever going to live through. Um, although I shouldn't say that too loud because again, you never know what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, like we used to say, you can't fall off the floor, but you know what? You can. You really can. When it gets bad, it's always it's always a, as good as it gets on the upside. It's always a lot worse on the downside than you can possibly believe it will get. And and this is the problem with leverage and with using any kind of derivative investments. You really got to know what you're doing. And I think for a lot of people, um, it's the process that's going to make you money. It's it's putting that money away every month putting it in the, an S&P index or something, some kind of index, a Dow index, a diamond or whatever, and just riding it and just not paying any attention and invest in the, you know, now, invest now James, I have another question too. If I, what percentage are you that, uh, that you believe if you had to put a percentage on it, a 2019 would be a bull year? Oh, percentage wise, I would, I would say I'd be in the, in the nineties, like easily in the nineties. It's all, it's all the dramatic. I mean, there's going to be some short-term blips. Don't. This is not going to be, you know, uh, uh, like a, di a ride in Disneyland. This is maybe, maybe one, maybe a roller coaster like a Great Adventure. Like it might be one of these. So crazy I, want take, you know, I want, I want to take, I want to take it a step further. The Dow Jones today, as we speak, it closed at right. uh, March 15th at twenty-five thousand eight hundred forty-eight points. Right. What do you think the Dow Jones is going to be come end of year? Well, you, you got a big thing a lot of people are looking at. You're, for a lot of people are looking at the current move of the Dow as perhaps building a what we would call a triple top, which would be really negative if it doesn't break through. I think it's going to break through like a rocket ship. And I think there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's bounced up against that top a couple of times. I think it's going to run. And once it breaks that, it's going to really run. Because I think there's a lot of good, you know, people, people, the media has focused so much on the negative and there's so much politics in there but if you look at the amount of people working the profits that companies are making um the 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 surge in demand of a lot of things yeah it's not perfect february was a slow month for jobs because there was a lot of retail layoffs well retail is a sector that frankly i would not be looking to make money in the long run at least right now you know it, it, it's probably going to survive but it's going to be much different than its present configuration yeah unless you're, unless you're amazon Right, right. Well, well, because people are shopping online. So who goes to a store anymore? But I do think there is going to be room for stores. There is going to be brick and mortar. It's not going to disappear for to zero. There, there's going to be a there's going to be a place where people are going to want to go and they're going to want to sip coffee and they're going to want to try those shoes on and they're going to they're going to want to be entertained and they're going to want to talk to an expert. They want to meet a guy like you and say, hey, what should I do with my portfolio? They're going to want to sit down and like, you know, you're going to juggle and, you know, do all that cool stuff. And, you know, because juggling will get them. They'll come in when you juggle. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I got clients when I juggled. Right. Go ahead. James, we're at 25,884 points a day. What do you think the Dow is going to be at in December? If it breaks the, if it breaks the 20, if it runs this triple top and breaks out, 
Oy, he could add probably another, who knows, 40, like, I don't know. I wouldn't say 50%, but a, like another 25% to where, from where we're sitting. Like, so you're looking at another, I don't know, like 2,000 points, whatever, 7,000 points. Yeah, I'm looking for, I'll tell you the truth. I'm looking to go back into a Super Bowl market again. I think once we clean up the mess. We're not entirely cleaned up, but I think I don't think that it's going to need to be cleaned up. I think the actions have to be put into place to clean up the mess. And I think to some degree, despite all the wackiness in Washington and all these crazies running for president, want to tax everybody 90 percent and embracing socialism. Meanwhile, they've never been to Venezuela until they go to Venezuela. Then they can talk. Then they can talk to me all they want about socialism once they come back from Venezuela. And I don't mean stay in a five-star hotel. I mean actually stay somewhere in Caracas <laughs> with the lights out and no internet for a couple of days, eating out of a garbage can and stuff like that. And then they can then they can tell me all about socialism, how great it is. But, but you know, this is like let me ask you this question before we get in before we get into that. So if you're predicting, yeah. if you're 90 something percent sure that the Dow is going to be over 30,000, we're going to be over 30,000 at the end of the year, why not yeah. just buy a call? On a Dow Jones that expires in November, December, for twenty eight thousand, you know, um, you know, just I, buy a you, call you could, Right, you could certainly go long on those, you know, do leaps or yeah, stuff like that. You could. There's, there's, there's ways to leverage that return in a big way. I just, I just, I, I find that how, how it, confident are you in a, in a leap in a twenty nineteen bullish leap? How confident uh, are you? In I, that? I, I mean, I, I, I prefer not to uh, make recommendations <laughs> because the problem is in something like this. You don't know who's yeah. listening to you, and your yeah, exactly. your mother is probably home right now with her retirement savings. Going, my son knows what he's talking about. I like this guy; he's crazy. He comes on and says crazy things every time, and I'm doing this. And you're gonna be like, "What did you do? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, mom, are you crazy? <laughs> like, like, you know, like this is the problem with this kind of now. However, for myself, mm -hmm. I'm I'm there's a few crazy things that could derail us. Like if things go turn really south with China um on trade talks i don't think they will at all i actually i actually think even north korea is going to come running back like before you think um it, it, although they may have another agenda i doubt it i think they'll you let them you let them sit a little bit and they'll they're gonna they're gonna wake up um i think there's some i think internally in the in the in the market there's a lot of leftover things from 2008 uh with this bloated Fed balance sheet and cleaning up QE2 and sucking a lot of liquidity out of the market. I mean, let's face it, interest rates are going to have to go up a bit. Um, and I'm, well, I'm not so negative on it like everybody else, because I still think that interest rates are below the, the sort of the mean where they should be. They're still, they're still way too low. And because they're too low, uh, they feed a lot of sort of non-productive speculation. And I think that's going to be cleaned up. And that's going to be hard because if we get a guy like you, somebody, there are, I'm hearing people talk about doing a Volcker and you do a Volcker and you turn off the printing presses, interest rates are going to skyrocket overnight. Like they're going to like, it's going to be nuts. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. And although yeah. you never know. And I, what I've noticed is that Powell has come under enormous amount of criticism from a lot of people that normally don't criticize the Fed, like economists and, uh, uh, I mean, mind you, David Stockton like picks on him all the time. He's he's like, um, he's sort of a perpetual bear, I think. But uh, aside from guys like him, I'm starting to hear more inkling that there, uh, there's there's either people criticizing him because he's tightening things up, which, which are still looking for that easy money ride, that kind of bull market that you're talking about where the market slowly floats its way up because the Fed is printing a lot of money, or, 
but and then there's 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 the other group of people who are like, listen, we're gonna have the Weimar Republic. We can't just we can't just print money indefinitely. Like eventually, we're gonna have to pay the bill. And a lot of people are getting really scared with like debt, either you know, public debt, company debt, government debt, debt in China, which is way worse than the debt here. Um, there, student loan debt, which is the one thing that really scares me. Most other debt, I'm not too bothered by right now. The student loan thing is the one thing that I think is like a big so disaster. James? What do you have to say to the people that say, hey, the market has been operated in cycles and every, you know, um, this is this bull has been going on. We had a bull in 2019, uh, 20, 2009, 10, 11, 12. You know, I mean, this, I mean, yeah, we had some down years like 13 was a down year. Last year was a little tab down, but it's haven't been any massive down years. It's only been like five percent here or there. We haven't seen a big downturn, 20 uh, percent or less since 2008. What do you have to say to the person that this guy is crazy? He thinks this bull is just it's just getting started. What do you have to say to that person? Well, first of all, you had some big drops like last year. You had days. I mean, we had thousand point drops of like or almost. We had we had huge down. We had a lot of. I mean, we recovered a lot from some pretty big hits last year. I I mean, I had friends who were still in the business and they were calling me up crying every day and they were ready to like you know they were they were taking out their passport ready to move to another country because they figured it was over like the world was coming to an end and i'm like i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> no <laughs> i like you know they, they watch all this they watch cnbc and you're in the business and you get wrapped up with all these crazies and like it's the end of the world and this and that and it's all trump's fault and all this blah 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 and like when you ever hear any that kind of stuff that's just politics that's not that's not economics and people need to focus on the economics and if you have very high employment you have a lot of businesses making money. Yeah, you have some who aren't making money, sure, because like they're not doing a good job. Um, you have you have changes in the economy. You're losing an old standard, which was retail, and a lot of a lot of that is being more and more is being shifted online. Okay, that's so so you have things going on. You have you have a, you have issues with trade. You have issues with debt. You have um, I could see people being concerned, but I mean we've had a lot of loopy sort of corrections. And I don't think you've really seen a real bull market where the economy is really kicking, like kicking butt. Like those of you who are in the '80s, if we have people watching this, you know, show who are who are around or grownups in the '80s, you remember that the guy making the least amount of money in 1982 in the United States, his income virtually tripled in in like seven years. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's what I'm, and you're only just starting to see incomes for like middle-class people start to move up. You're starting to see pay go up. And I'm not talking about because they're trying to raise the minimum wage. That's just like another like stupid, like solution looking for a problem. Like it, that doesn't do anything. I'm just talking about like what I can expect to get paid at a job. Those wages are starting to rise. I mean, mm -hmm. to me, when I look around, I see people making less money than they made in 1982 for like a nor for like a, just wow. your regular job, you know, like, like, and you, you, you know, now I, I think that that is that period of is coming to an end where we're starting to get a lot of tightness in the labor market and companies are going to have to start bidding up to get quality employees. One of the problems is a lot of people have a lot of debt and really have no skills. They don't have anything to sell a company. And okay. so we have this now, new place. Thing James, I, go ahead. Our time. Our time is uh coming up here soon. Um, but once again, we got to uh, get out of here, you know. But yes, what, what do you want to leave? What do you want to leave everybody out there with real quick before we run out of here? 
Oh, I would be, I mean, for those of you, this is a positive year. I would buy like crazy. If, if you're worried about the negatives and the, and the, uh, generally the, the, the election year is usually a down year. So next year you'll have your chance to, to be negative all year. So make money this year and then go short next year. That's like, if you're looking at the presidential market cycle, like that's kind of how it works. I, I think there's a couple of crazy things. If, if Trump doesn't get reelected, who knows what the market's going to be wild. Um, I have a feeling he's going to win fairly easily, despite all the talk from everybody. Um, and I think that uh, with that election, he's going to continue to move, um, really fight, you know, I, I know it's an overused term, but really fight the swamp, which is what he's fighting right now. He's fighting a lot of like, like a lot of immovable sort of bureaucracy in Washington that needs to be fought. And it, it, yeah. I think I think over time, this is going to his battle is going to you may not like him for this and you may not like anything he's doing. But this battle needs to be waged, and over time, it's going to create a much better economy. And I think we're going to come out of this um, really strong in the next couple of years. I, I think I think people have nothing but being positive, especially with the labor market. I mean, you, if you go, if you start breaking down in groups like like you say, oh, you have the lowest Hispanic unemployment in the history of recording unemployment. Like you can go group after group after group, and like it's it's just the economy is just really kicking now. Just people have to make more money so they you know. Okay, so James, real quick, how can people get in contact with you? How can they follow you? All of the great stuff. Well, I do. I do have a, a YouTube. You can find me on YouTube under James Foytland, and I do little videos. Um, I do financial tours in New York City, and they're a lot of fun. And you don't have to be a financial genius. I do them on Wall Street. Um, usually every Monday, I do too. I do a financial crisis tour in the morning. And, uh, about 2008, which is a little more complicated. And then in the afternoon, I do kind of a Wall Street light called a Wall Street Insider Tour. We run around and if you want to see things like the Charging Bull or the New York Stock Exchange, you find out a little history, you want to see where Alexander Hamilton is buried, you want to talk a little bit about Alexander Hamilton, you want to see where George Washington was first president, you want to learn about what the Buttonwood Agreement was and why it's so significant for both the New York Stock Exchange and the whole financial um, system, uh, that's all in the tour. And so you can contact me that way. Uh, and I have a Facebook page called Unofficial Wall Street. And I, anybody wants to go on there and say hello, I'd welcome them. And if you have crazy questions, ask me. I generally don't recommend stocks to people, so don't ask me about stocks. Um, <laughs> but real, real general economic things I'll talk about because mm -hmm. that's what I'm really interested in. And uh, just in, investing is such an individual thing. It's unless you, you know, you need a guy like you, you got to go to, I'd have to know you for a long time to tell you what I think stocks you should buy. And like, I just, at this point in my life, I just, I don't do that anymore. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Prince Dice. That's the Wall Street veteran, James Portland. Until the next video, podcast, cartoon, or whatever else you see me do crazy around the globe. Peace, be safe, I'm out, and thank you.